Love the British monarchy? You've come to the right place. Welcome to the To Die For Daily podcast with Kinsey Schofield. Take it away, Kinsey. Hi, guys. Welcome to the To Die For Daily podcast. I I could not wait to talk to Christopher Anderson about the Harry book, about spare, like all of these stories that are coming out. They very much are stories and they're very much of the same tone that I've read in your books, Christopher Anderson. And I've seen your critics, Christopher Anderson. You are literally, or Harry's literally confirming some of these stories you've been telling. What is your reaction so far? Well, thank God for that. You know, I mean, I really I have to say I really admire the guy for being candid. I mean, he could have kept up this whole uh, charade of, of, you know, everything's fine as far as Camilla is. Now, Camilla is my principal interest here because I have been saying forever that there are there are not good vibes between William and Harry and and, uh, Camilla, that they did not want their father to marry her, that they certainly were blindsided by the queen's endorsement of her as as the, the queen consort. Yes. So, um, you know, all of this it adds up. And uh, and the funny thing is, of course, now the uh, British tabloid press is lined up behind Camilla, of all people. Uh, she has obviously courted them. Uh, it was no accident that um, Jeremy uh, Clarkson. Yeah. And, and and our other friend, Piers Morgan, were at the, the lunch that she was uh, a part of, technically not hosting, but she was there. Uh, so uh, they're going to be coming, uh, you know, they're going to be coming after Harry and 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 defending uh, Camilla. But it'll be interesting to see what the polls show, because she's still even after that endorsement, 50 50. I mean, you don't want you don't want half the country saying we don't want you to be queen. You know, that's just not not a good position to be in. OK, so, we'll so I want to ask you about Camilla specifically, because I, I believe it's Tina Brown that says that it was really Mark Boland that was behind that that big push. And it was really Charles that was behind the push. And Camilla kind of could have just gone off into the country and been Charles's wife. But she didn't she didn't really um I guess that she wasn't as assertive or savvy to know that you needed to go after the media. Are you? Do you believe that Camilla was that savvy and Camilla really did want that media switch? Or was it Mark Boland and Charles's team that said this is the only way it can happen is if we change your reputation? Well, Mark Boland was the image maker. He was the person who made sure that she was completely remade from head to toe physically with plastic surgery and the hair and the wardrobe and the whole thing. But let's not... Con, uh, consider this idea of depicting Camilla as this country woman, you know, she has been <laughs> very, uh, I think, savvy about handling the press as as his mistress. She stayed in the shadows as much as she could. She, uh, uh, you know, uh, pulled the strings behind the scenes as much as she could. And she obviously um, intended to be the mistress of the king, just like Alice Keppel, her uh, great grandmother. But um, so I don't think it was a hard, you know, when that switch was uh, pulled, I think that she was willing to go along with it. I, don't, I, I think she was definitely somebody who was eager to, to sit on the throne when she saw that it was, it was within her grasp. Wow. And so, uh, uh, no, I, I, look, I hate to use, call people conniving and schemers and whatnot, but come on. Oh my <laughs> gosh, you're killing me. You're killing me, Christopher. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I mean, you know, she, and she's, and, 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 and there's Diana. And by the way, I was floored by Harry's uh, admission that it took him 10 years to actually come to the, the to accept the fact that his mother was dead. I know. And isn't that a magical thinking, you know, but come yeah. on years. And then he was surprised when he came here, the U.S., that people could tell him exactly where they were when Diana died. It never occurred to him. So I think 
I think Americans have just a, a better grasp on history. Well, I, I wonder, too, if um, because I don't know if you've seen all the interviews, but on ITV, Harry is much more critical talking to Tom, uh, who used to be a mutual friend of the brothers. He's much right. more critical talking about William than Camilla. Um, yeah. And actually, Tom says, you're kind of scathing about Camilla in the book. And Harry goes, I'm not scathing. But then on American television with Anderson Cooper, he refers to her as a villain. You know, yeah, bodies in the streets she left bodies in the streets you know that was that was what he said bodies in the streets i mean your mother was her body was in the street does that not make you feel like that that could be what he's referring to yeah absolutely and not only that but i mean he made it very clear that uh um she was dangerous was the word he used uh because she was feeding information to the british press that you know obviously put uh, harry and megan in a bad light i mean look i uh, there's guilt to all a lot of guilt to go around. I mean, if 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 Harry really wants some sort of uh, rapprochement with his uh, family, uh, it ain't happening, and he's this is not the way to go about it. And you know, I don't know if you saw Colbert's teaser uh, last night for his interview. Yes, um, tonight. But uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, he quotes from the book the Harry's description of William, and then we and then Harry says, "I don't see what's negative about it." To Anderson Cooper, well, the description is just. So cutting and catty. Mm. It's hard to even believe. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of animosity there. And, there. and there has always been. I mean, that rivalry that and I've written about, as you said, uh, many yes. times, how Harry resented the fact that he was shoved into the shadows. And, you know, the Queen Mother, the most loving person in the family, said to him as a little boy, you sit in the corner, I'm going to talk to the, the heir to the throne. And that was the, the way he was brought up. Well, I wanted to ask you about the Diana interview with um, Martin Bashir, because in her interview with Martin Bashir, Diana actually, Harry uses this word a lot with ITV specifically, Diana takes some accountability. Yes, you know, I was in love with James Hewitt. Um, sure. I loved him very much. Diana seemed to, to take you know, to take some responsibility for the things that were going on around her while right. still coming out the victim. Harry, why does Harry not take any responsibility for anything? Why is it everyone else's fault? And 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 get and that's just my perspective. Can you, right. if you disagree with me, I'm open to you saying, no, I see him take responsibility here, but I'm not seeing that, Christopher. Well, he you know the funny thing is he'll say it, won't he? He'll say I he'll say uh Oh, my, well, he was asked if he was in part to blame and he would say, yes, of course. And I've apologized for that. But, he, but I demand an apology from them. I mean, he hasn't really apologized specifically for anything. Uh, also, and, like uh, I don't he also, I think, said, well, I wrote them several times asking what I did wrong. Oh, <laughs> OK. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, we all know what's going on now. I mean, let's face it. I, I, people want to portray Megan as, as a new kind of um, Wallace Simpson. Uh, you know, and uh, in some ways she's worse for the monarchy. I mean, because they want to burn the place down, it looks like, you know, and, uh, and Wallace and, 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 and the Duke of Windsor went off into the, and led, led the rest of their very long, long lives uh, kind of sadly, you know, out of the spotlight, but they weren't going to, to uh, rock the boat. Um, I think there are ways that, that uh, there were better ways to do this, but look, the um, Harry and Meghan, uh, the big bucks are there and, that's always been part, as you well know, of the royal family. Money has always been the thing that you can go back to the, the days when they were marrying American heiresses for the money, the aristocracy, right? And and Charles, of course, bringing back paper bags full of money from Saudi princes and that sort of thing. So so money's always been a factor. So I, when people criticize them for making it, I mean, I will not get on board with that one. I understand why they want to. Uh, 
have these huge deals with Netflix and the publishers and whatnot. And, and he has to deliver. They have to deliver to some extent. So hence the controversy in the scandal. Well, I mean, I do think if you think about Wallace and Edward, it did seem like uh, originally, um, let, you know, I, I'm trying to remember the date specifically, but there were she did meet with Nazis at some point. So there was oh, yeah. a bit of a scandal that I think the family yeah. covered up for a little while. And then they went off and they kind of lived quietly. So there's no telling. I mean, Harry and Meghan might decide, look, we've made bank. We're just going to work privately with charities from now on. Do uh, I think that's going to happen? No. But <laughs> not a million years. You know, I mean, they want to be just sort of like uh, uh, she wants to be the new Oprah in a sense. And I will can blame her. I mean, she uh, but to give that all up to be an influencer, you know, to give up your piece of, of history uh, seems like a bad decision. But, um, you know, they're not going anywhere. They'll definitely be the center stage and they want to be there, you know, in the center of the action, as it were. So can I just part. can I just ask you, in your opinion, they specifically criticized Thomas Markle and the Netflix documentary for making bank off of family secrets. How is what Harry is doing any different from what Thomas Markle is doing? You know, poor guy. There he is on a, I don't know, he's looking through tour books, you know, getting ready. I mean, it was all staged, of course, but this whole British, it's very funny. The, the, as you know, the Brits are very uh, odd about money. It's the one, it's the one thing that they refuse to talk about. And, and at the same time, they're obsessed with the with the uh, the idea of it more so even than, than we are I think in many ways so yeah I, I, there's no difference I mean let's face it I, he was trying he was somebody who really I guess needed to make, make I think he declared bankruptcy several times and uh, for them to hold that, again that's another one of these uh, um, contradictory hypocritical things that the British upper classes do that are so irritating to me personally you know they, won't, they don't want to they won't stoop to talking about money but they're thinking about it all the time all the time okay i have another contradiction i want to throw your way megan suing the newspaper over thomas markle's letters or letter specifically or that one letter but harry breaking down a text conversation between catherine and megan in his book where is where is the difference there i mean i'm sure that catherine is mortified that her private text messages are now in the pages of spare I know. And, it's, you know, exactly. And we'll have to wait and see what happens there. I mean, you know, the the, the degree of uh, animosity between uh, the two women, I think, is something that took me by surprise. I thought that Kate had stepped back a bit, that perhaps she was not in there, you know, really uh, the way she clearly was. You know, uh, the baby brain comment is interesting. Um, you know, uh, I suppose it's, it's hard for me to say. I've, I've talked to a number of women about this and they've said it was definitely an inappropriate comment to make to somebody you don't know it's very dismissive and a put down and i guess that's the way that uh, in that context uh that was the way that uh, uh kate took it uh so um but she's been just stellar you know i mean i think if the future of the monarchy rested just on her they'd be in pretty good shape and it's but so it bizarre that there that, that some of this or I mean, the book, I mean, everything is around her birthday. And I've had some people say, so what is around her birthday? But to the if you've been a member of the royal family, you know that those are kind of sacred. Those are great opportunities for you to brand yourself with a new portrait or something like that. Birthdays I, are very specific in that way. So while I, it's just a birthday to some people. Harry knows within the royal family that a birthday is a way for the family to show unity, for a, a new portrait to be released and everybody to go crazy over this new picture. And it's like they're interrupting that. Oh, I think that's intentional, don't you? I mean, they could have yeah. picked any date. I, I think that was part. I think they knew that was going to happen. And uh, 
And there you have it. And of course, it does upstage her completely. Uh, I know that uh, Camilla and uh, Charles issued a, you know, a, a birthday, a happy birthday thing online. But I mean, uh, it would have been a, a bigger deal in the press, obviously, had uh, the book come out a week later. Right. Oh, my gosh. This is just so wild. Is there anything that you've read so far that you think and it it could be the frostbitten penis? It could be the Taliban. Is there anything you've read so far that you go? I don't think I would have shared that. That may be something I would have held back for for Brandon. There you go. Those are two goodies. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about the frostbitten penis. Yes. Uh, Oh, and, you know, maybe the drugs, the extent of his drug use. um, uh, well, you know, I mean, he's, uh, he had problems and, he, and the way he coped with his grief and grief. I think this is a story of grief, as someone said, when in the end, if you look at what he's been coping with, it's always been built around his mother's death. And of course, the notion that he still doesn't feel it's been adequately explained, that he took that drive through the tunnel at the same speed, uh, theoretically, that, that they were driving. I have some issue with that. But, um, you know, he and the fact that he didn't wouldn't accept it. And William wouldn't accept it for years that somehow they thought uh, in the same way people used to think about JFK Jr. You know, when he died, I mean, there were a number of people who held on to the belief that Elvis, Tupac, Elvis, Tupac. Right, right. Right. right, Elvis. (laughs) Sorry. Why not? Yeah. Elvis is a goodie too. Tupac. Yeah. To some extent. But I mean, I, gee, uh, it's, it was amazing to me that two people um, who had to walk behind that casket and see the grief uh, uh you know expressed by the whole world um you know we still remained uh unconvinced that she passed away i mean that's staggering really and it's staggering that in that context they're still coping with it you know the ptsd yeah and you've said that to me for years now ptsd you really felt like he had that and he said something to the effect of i don't have pts i don't i don't have post-traumatic stress disorder i have post-traumatic stress uh, um, injury because I don't have a disorder. That's what he said on ITV. I wonder what the distinction he was making in his head. I guess he thinks that disorder has a negative connotation or whatever, or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. but indeed, indeed, this is what he's still coping with. And, uh, and obviously with the hallucinogenics and whatnot that he was taking the magic mushrooms or whatever. I mean, that came as a surprise to me that he would go that that far out uh, nobody uh it came my- as, as a surprise to courtney cox from friends too who thought that <laughs> what happened at courtney cox's house stayed at courtney cox's house <laughs> oh yes right 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 and so i mean and it's going pretty far i i don't think that um i i could have uh, when you were talking about the odd kind of things that he brings up here i guess the personal attacks on uh if you call his brother his not only his best friend but his arch nemesis took me by surprise because it, it, it does really, I mean, yes, indeed, there has been this rivalry and this resentment over not being defended by, I mean, I've said this many times, but William didn't come to his defense and actually played a part in the Nazi uh, uniform. Debacle. But couldn't, uh, wouldn't that be the palace telling William to sit back and shut up? Don't you think that that, that that would be, I mean, if I was the palace, I would don't associate yourself with this. This is really bad. Really toxic. And of course, yeah, you don't want to have any of that rub off on you. On the other hand, behind the scenes, he could have been more supportive. Uh, he could have been, I mean, let's face it, he, William has experimented with all sorts of things as well over the years, but we don't know, you know, we don't hear about that. And he could have been a little bit more understanding about his brother. I mean, there's always this notion that his brother is hovering over him as if he were 10 years older instead of two years older. You know, there's not much of an age difference here. They went they're emotionally, they're very close. Uh, went through the, I mean, it, what, uh, William was 15 and Harry was just about to turn 13. 
And so what they experienced with Diana's death and everything that happened after that is very similar, I think, in terms of their maturity level. Um, but that's uh, this is fascinating picture. I'm so glad he wasn't. I was afraid, frankly, it was going to be a little bit like the documentary, this book, because the documentary was really tame. You know? Yeah, so that's what I thought, too. Story. Yeah, the treacly stuff. I think I think they lost a lot of uh, supporters there with that uh, kind of self-indulgent, the whining, you know. Yeah. For a while. But but the victimhood thing, Charles, you know, he's got nothing. He's nothing but a victim in his. I mean, he, he does this thing all the time. Oh, yeah. the Harry stuff. Now, what about that? Did you read the uh, the Harry stuff in the book? Because that's uh, I'm sorry, not the Harry. So the uh, Harry Hewitt. Uh, oh, yeah, I did. I did. Yes. That was interesting to me. Oh, uh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, why the, was the, that? Why was that interesting to you? Well, because everyone's been avoiding it, and I think it's a huge. It's the it's a, the elephant in the room. It has not been resolved. She met Harry Hewitt. She met uh, James Hewitt. It has been established earlier than yeah. uh, and they said Harry Earth. Yeah, and there've been eyewitnesses to their encounters and whatnot. So uh, even though you know there's this whole idea of dismissing it because they hadn't theoretically uh, she hadn't met James Hewitt until after Harry's birth. Well. That's not true. So all of a sudden you do have opening up the possibility of a paternity question and have Charles mentioning it constantly. Charles is saying, you know, apparently in his book, uh, Harry says that one of Charles's uh, go to lines after telling the joke was, oh, what do I know? I might not even be Harry's father with Harry standing there. So Right. Well, and you know, he was so dismissive after Harry was born. Remember, he just he he was like disappointed that he had red hair and immediately took off to play polo. (laughs) Isn't it? I mean, it also he said, oh, he has red hair. And he was very uh, uh, Diana said that their relationship had been very good until that point. There had been a period there prior to Harry's birth. And all of a sudden, I think she said a switch went off. Mm -hmm. Saw Harry. Well, why? Why would that be? So I think there's a lot of unanswered questions in that area, but nobody wants to go there, obviously. Well, yeah. I wanted to ask you um, about all of the content Harry shares about William. Is there anything in, in you that thinks that that is inappropriate, that Harry would share that his brother also went through the tunnel, that Harry would share that William also didn't want Charles to marry Camilla? These just seem like intimate details that William should be telling us versus Harry. Do you think that that's inappropriate or does this just come with the territory when you're burning bridges? I think when you're burning bridges, you've made the decision to tell the truth, you know, <laughs> and I do believe he is telling the truth and it would never be, you know, I mean, William is all about uh, protecting uh, his father and the monarchy and his own uh, image. And so, you know, and understandably, he will be on the throne. He does not want to be you know, <laughs> the last king of England. That would not be a good situation. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, if you're going to tell, tell a story, you might as well tell the whole story. Is it inappropriate? It's not. It is inappropriate if you're going to tell something sanitized. But look, there's there are many other secrets that I'm sure Harry is not revealing. Who knows what's going to trickle out, you know, as time goes on. Um, what do you think Diana would think about everything that's going on right now? Because you've studied her for years. I mean, intimately, you've had access to people that saw her last breath. Right. And I think exactly what Harry said. And I've said that, too. I think she'd be heartbroken because not only is there this rift between the brothers, it's very personal, but. You know, she always thought that um, Harry and William would, in essence, inherit uh, the the monarchy. You know, they'd be a team. And uh, that's not going to happen. And indeed, this is very damaging. I mean, Charles, uh, gosh, knows what he's going to do to try and make amends. If he's going to try, if he's going to retaliate, I think he might he might strip them of their titles, their HRH status. Um, He's got that huge temper. You know, Uh, William has the huge temper. Um, They're not a, a 
above punishing people in the royal family. They've done it before. They, you know, the queen's done it before. The queen, the late queen, uh, not the current one, has stripped uh, uh, people of, of titles and, and positions, and you know, and uh, so Charles may feel he has to do that too. We'll see. Is, is the stripping of the HRH a much easier um, process than stripping them of their Sussex titles? I, th- I because so. I believe Sussex has to go through Parliament, but HRH, I don't think that has to go through Parliament because it. I, you just woke up one day and Diana's was gone. Exactly, and of all people, you know, but yeah, and she, and she very, she was upset about it, but. You know, the boys said, oh, we still love you, mummy. You're still mummy. That that great line from William. But uh, yeah, I think it's easier to do. And so I think that may, and, and, and kind of as a practical matter, they're not allowed to use it now anyway. They're discouraged from using it. Right. Uh, but to have it legally taken from them, he can do that. Uh, the, the king can do that unilaterally. I'm starting to get used to calling him the king. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, barely. Um, well, also, we're talking about so much in the past now that it is it's, it's harder because he was Prince Charles then. Yes. So um, I did right. want to I about this fight that came out and I'll let you go. But thank you so much for your time today. I oh, have God. been so <laughs> excited to talk to you. I, I mean, sometimes I hear these stories and I'm like, oh, I wonder what Christopher Anderson thinks. Well, I want to talk to you because I've been you know following you as well. And I think it's that uh, you know, we're both on the same page as they say. Well, this fight with William, I thought about you when I, I heard about this fight with William, the dog bowl, the necklace being torn, because you have been very uh, honest and upfront about ha- this temper that runs within the family. So I was not necessarily surprised by it. Tell me what you what your reaction was to this physical fight between Harry and William over Meghan's bullying alleg- allegations. Well, what you have to I mean, we have to look at it in the context of William's behavior in the past. This is a guy who uh, ran down a reporter on horseback. You know, mm-hmm. lost his school, and it was you know the the the, the guy felt he was going to be killed any minute. He uh, uh, um, ran a, an elderly neighbor, uh, Lord Bathurst, off the road, and then came in a in a moment of road rage. Uh, his friends will talk about how he get you know he would fly into into rages. So it didn't surprise me at all. And there's and there's always been that from from the time there were little boys wrestling in the back of the car. You know, there's always been that physical element to this. And the, and also William's uh, shame at having done it. I think he didn't want this to get back to Megan. He did. He came back and apologized. But he also didn't want it to get out. Right. Because you know? it's just such an undignified thing to do, isn't it? Attack your brother. And, you know, it, it didn't surprise me at all. But we're getting a better look at uh, what really goes on behind behind this palace walls, you know, which is fast, always fascinating. And the, when he when Harry talks about leaks, I mean, aren't you under the impression, too, that the Sussexes were leaking stories as well, that this was not a one way street? I, that's my feeling. Sure. But I mean, they're, they're doing more right out in the open, aren't they? I mean, the the the, 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 the lobbing of grenades, <laughs> you know, at the palace uh, has gone on now for a couple of years. So uh, and I think that it'll keep going on. You know, we'll see. I did the Colbert interview is this evening. So we'll see what he says there. Yeah. Uh, big fan of Stephen. So do you think that Stephen will challenge him? Cause I think if anybody will, it might be Stephen, but it's also kind sure. of a playful, playful environment. Right. right. Well, they're, cha- you know, they, they're having tequila shots during the conversation, which is interesting given his drug, his suspicion of drug use, yeah. uh, but it'll be, yeah, and it is a playful environment. And so therefore I probably won't get too serious, but I'm sure that uh, Harry will have some uncomfortable things to say, but he's handled everything by saying, uh, you know, uh, he wants to wants his brother back. He wants his father back. He liked nothing better than his, for his children to have a relationship with the royal family. Strange way of showing it. Right. You know, 
I don't see how that's going to happen. Even with the kids, I, I they'll never get titles. I mean, oh. that, that, you know, I'm pretty sure. Well, I was just going to grab my copy of your book, but I realized it's by my bed. So oh, no. it's in the okay. other room. <laughs> um, but people can grab The King now on Amazon. Um, and it's an incredible book, but it's still, I still prefer the day Diana died. And listening to Harry talk about the his mother's death, it makes me feel like he's read that, Christopher, don't I you think? Yes, because, you know, I no one else ever went, all those people from Dr. Maillet who, you know, found, treated her in the, in the tunnel, whom I interviewed, all those people kind of clammed up after that initial interview, a series of interviews that I had with them. So I think if he's going to get any kind of detail about what happened to his mother, that's, with all due respect, the only place he's going to get it because everyone else is kind of going a different direction. But that's from the horse's mouth. I mean, the, the priest who gave her the last rites, uh, even though he was a Roman Catholic and she wasn't, it, and and it, the impact on him in the moment. I mean, I, it, sometimes I go back to those days and I think, wow, that was the people were in such shock. The people were were around her and handling her body and all of this and trying to save her life that uh, they were willing to talk, but just for that brief window of time. Because I went straight to them as soon as it, it happened. So. Okay, I'm going to let you go, but I really quickly have to ask, you just said something that reminded me of The Crown. They're going to do an mm -hmm. open casket scene. Also yes. reminds me of your book. Um, are, are, what do you think about that recreation? Does that feel morbid to you? Or do you, are you a fan of The Crown and you think it's an artistic expression? What are, what's your opinion there? I, I, I well, I, I know what they're going to do in terms of Charles's reaction, because indeed the nurses said, you know, he just he reeled back. And, I, and the line I've said it a thousand times that what, what Beatrice Umbert, the head nurse there, said was that it was as if he'd been struck by an unseen force. Mm. You know, he, they thought he was going to collapse. And uh, and so I think it's important to show that it's important to show the emotion that, that really existed between even though, of course, they had a horrible marriage. They'd come to some vague reconciliation, and this was the mother of his children. So that's interesting to me. I don't see how you can do that without having the morbid scene of her lying in her coffin and the air conditioner blowing up wisps of her hair. You know, the, so eerie. He thought you'd come to life any minute, um, uh, and I guess maybe that's what William and Harry were clinging to as well. But uh, it'd be interesting to see. I, I'm a fan of the, of the of the Crown, and 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 people like Judy Dench. I think we've talked about this before, but. Get off your high horse, Judy. You know, she's Camilla's <laughs> friend. Camilla's friend. Right. That's part of it too, isn't it? They're all sucking up to Camilla. But wait, uh, Camilla... wait, I have one more, I have one more question because I oh, lied. I... I have one more question. Oh, no, um, <laughs> Perry writing about Paul Burrell in his book and accusing him of milking his mother's death. What is your reaction there? Because kind of yes, obviously. But Harry, it's kind of looking like you in every interview you've done, you've talked about your mother's death. Right, right. And uh, I guess he feels he's the only one who can do that. I mean, and uh, I mean, the, the notion of anyone else, but I've written about other iconic celebrities and, and their families. Those books are amazing. The Kennedys. Thank, oh, thank my gosh. Go buy them, too. <laughs> thank you. And uh, but, you know, they, they want to make if anybody's going to tell their story, they want to make the money. <laughs> and so yeah. it really comes down to all about, you know, they, I think they resent him, cap, you know, the fact that he did capitalize on it. You know, I kind of feel good for him because the royal family was throwing him to the wolves. I mean, the queen you know, I mean, you know, in at the last was, minute before they locked him in the tower. Yeah, right. She wasn't even, you know, uh, it did, didn't occur to her that she could just speak up and say, yeah, I told him to, to hold that stuff. Uh, you know, it's well, you know, the story yeah. <laughs> people watching. But but the fact that Paul Burrell was told to he could take uh, her uh, private belongings and, and for safekeeping for a short amount of time that he didn't steal them. Right. Uh, 
And also let's, let's remind ourselves that her family was like going through stuff and burning it. So, I mean, some of the, some of the stuff he grabbed, there's a very good chance it could have ended up in a fire. Absolutely. They were trying to, you know, clean the the scene there. They didn't want, and there's still a a tremendous resentment um, uh, uh, on Camilla's part and Charles's part uh, of Diana, you know, I mean, she's still the focus of a a great deal of affection and uh, the person who really in many ways saved the monarchy. You know, I I covered the 25th anniversary uh, of her reign, of the queen's reign. And I can remember the entire royal family being there and they were just so black. I mean, yes, everybody knew them, but they were waxworks figures, you know, Andrew, Edward, Anne, Prince Philip. Two years later, uh, Diana enters the scene, whole new ball game, you know, breath of fresh air, force of nature, all those great things. So if it weren't for her, we wouldn't be talking about any of this, frankly, I don't think. I don't think people would care. What a great way to end the podcast, Christopher. Oh, I just love you. Um, <laughs> thank you. So Thank you so much for talking to me. I'm going to get this up immediately and because everything is so crazy right now. But thank you so much for your time because I know you're so busy. Well, and we'll, we'll both watch Colbert and see what happens. Absolutely. I'll send you an email. Thank you for listening to the To Die For Daily Podcast with Kinsey Schofield. Please subscribe to hear more from your favorite royal commentators. Cheers. <laughs>